Um, the other thing what I think will be really helpful is to also look more at the investor side um, because uh, and we need more women to actually start the companies but then they also need money yeah and we need people investors say on the other side that are also actually recognizing the problems and can identify with that so we need more women on the other side uh, because also and and I see of course other entrepreneur colleagues my idea I don't think that's something that a man would have ever come up with no. Uh, so how can I actually... <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so how can we, and and I'm really interested to see how we'll go when we start fundraising, how can we convince the people on the other side of the table that this is actually a good idea and that we can also build a really good business case mm -hmm. uh, out of it. Welkom bij Women Disrupting Tech. Mijn naam is Dirk-Jan Hupkes en in deze podcast ga ik op ontdekkingsreis in de wereld van vrouwen in de technologie sector. Ik ga in gesprek met vrouwen die in tech werken of oprichter zijn van een tech start-up. Ik ga op zoek naar het antwoord op de vraag hoe zij er wel in geslaagd zijn om succes te hebben. Met andere woorden, hoe zij de technologie sector disrupten. Luister je mee? Hey, today's episode starts off a little dirty, but I'll promise that we'll clean up. Because today I'm interviewing Eliane Levers, and she is the founder and CEO of GoPotty. The GoPotty app helps parents jumpstart potty training of their babies and helps them also to save money and the environment in the process because they're using fewer disposable diapers. In this episode of Women Disrupting Tech, we'll explore the environmental impact of disposable diapers. We'll find out how you can po start potty training your 18-month-old baby and how you find out if your child is ready for it. Now, GoPotty is not your regular tech startup. In fact, it is Eliana's second social venture. So we'll also talk about why she built GoPotty as a social enterprise and about what's it like to be a social entrepreneur in tech anyway. And she'll uh, talk us through how she built her second company from the ground up. So please welcome to Women Disrupting Tech, Eliane Levers. Welcome Eliane, uh, good to have you. Uh, this morning a uh, question i always ask at the start of the uh, podcast is how you got into your current job or how you got into your current position yes good morning Dirk jan and uh, it's an honor uh, to be here so how i got here i would never have thought that i would be uh, uh, running a tech startup especially on the topic of uh, potty training uh, but here i am and it's uh, the best choice uh, i've made so far uh, in my life um, so I have a background in uh, communication uh, and I worked uh, for Shell for 15 years in uh, HR and uh, safety and environment. Um, and about five years ago, I realized that I wanted to do more um, to 
tackle the world's issues, I had to do more to, to make the world a, a better place. Uh, and I started um, a nonprofit organization called the Fruit and Veggie Brigade. Um, and what we did is we collected fruits and vegetables um, that would otherwise go to waste. Uh, and we donated that uh, to the Dutch uh, food banks all over the Netherlands. Um, and I found out that I love doing that so much. Uh, building an organization from the ground up and making that positive impact uh, in society um, that I said to myself, okay, this is what I really want to do full time. Um, and I started exploring different ideas. Uh, and then the idea of uh, the, the potty training app, Go Potty, came up and I worked on that and the initial responses were so good that I uh, decided uh, to go for that uh, full time. Okay, cool. And, and how exactly did you land on the idea of potty training? Um, yeah, so I'm the I'm mother of three kids uh, and uh, my kids are well, all potty trained around 18 months. Uh, and I started to think about uh, how my uh, uh, next venture or my next project when our uh, youngest child was still in diapers. Uh, and then mm -hmm. hey, with diapers, you have a baby in the house and I thought about our environmental footprint as a family. Uh, and then I thought, okay, we need to do something with these diapers because they're so polluting, it generates so much waste. Uh, so I thought about compostable diapers, cloth diapers, uh, but then I realized, okay, the uh, most sustainable diaper is no diaper at all. Um, and, it, and it's really possible to, to potty train your kids around 18 months. Um, and more parents should know about this and know how to do it. And then we can actually cut diaper usage in half uh, if we can get kids potty trained okay. um, around 18 months again. I see. And uh, just just for context, uh, you talked about uh, the pollute, pollution that is caused by disposable diapers. Can you, can you give a bit more feel of, of how much waste that creates? Yes, yeah, so it's what, about what 300... Is? Yeah, so it's about, in terms of waste, it's about 300 kilos per child per year. Uh, and it's waste that is hardly recycled. Uh, and if it's, uh, so that's two to three percent of all household waste. Uh, and if you have a baby in the house, it's actually 50% of all your household waste. So that comes on top of your regular waste. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, then there's, I guess, a case to, to cut, uh, cut the use of uh, disposable diapers. Is that also the case for, for let's say, you have this re these reusable ones, or at least we used to have those? Yeah, no, so, and we still have them. Huh? And actually, um, uh, reusable diapers are actually no longer the, the cloths and the pins that we have uh, used to have in the 40s. Huh? They're really fashionable it's a real fashion item uh, yeah. these days you have them with really nice prints and uh, uh, they're really useful so i can highly uh, recommend uh, cloth diapers um, so the environmental impact of uh, reusable diapers is definitely much less but it also still has an impact because you have to wash them and that uses water energy so mm -hmm. yeah the, really the most sustainable diaper is uh, no diaper at all yeah so you propose to to uh, not to skip the diaper, but to to at least uh, shorten the the use of it. Yes, because actually um, the average age at which kids are potty trained these days is three years uh, in the Western world. 
uh, and it used to be uh, one year old, around one mm-hmm. year old in the 40s. So there's a, a gap of two years uh, of diapers that we actually don't really need. So that, uh, that's more convenience for the parents then? It's yes, definitely. It's convenience for the parents, um, convenience also for the child, um, uh, in 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 not uh, a really good way because they don't really feel anymore that they're wet, right? The, the disposable diapers are so good these days; they are mm-hmm. so good in absorbing moisture uh, that the kids don't really feel anymore. So it's actually it works like contrary to what they're supposed to. Feel. Yes, in a in a way. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so there's an environmental impact of of the uh, disposable diapers. Uh, from what I know, I know little about diapers, but the one thing I do know is that they're horribly expensive too. So you can yes, also save a lot of money if you uh, cut it the use in half. Yes. Yeah. It's about uh, 600 euros per year. It depends a bit, of course, on the your diaper brand mm-hmm. uh, that you buy. But on average, it's around uh, 600 euros. And we always said it's 500 euros per year. And then we lately did a check based on the inflation. And it actually cuts up 100 euros per year just because of the inflation. So, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's huge. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a bit of savings, especially for uh, for poorer families. Mm-hmm. I would think that, yeah, that's money you would rather have in your pocket. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, conventional wisdom has it that uh, you shouldn't rush body training, and 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 we, uh, as you said, we we now uh, start body training at the age of three on average. Um, so, but you said you were starting body training at eighteen months. How how do you find out if your child is ready and? Um, yeah, so there are many signals that you can pay attention to. Uh, what has really been, what is current the convention is that uh, parents think you need to wait until the child shows interest in the potty eh, in order to start potty training. But there are a lot of other signals that you can uh, look out for to see if your child is ready. For example, if your child indicates that their diaper is dirty, whether they uh, can walk, uh, that's an important one, whether they actually understand certain uh items go in a certain place right your shoes go uh in this corner and your toys go in the cupboard and stuff like that is actually already indicating that your child is mature enough uh, to start potty training okay so let's let's go to the app then because well we all take our phones to the toilet at least many people do that (laughs) but for a different purpose so how does your app help Um, Yeah, so what we do in our app is you can test if your child is ready. So I mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, a few criteria, but we actually have a bit of a longer list and it's based on scientific research uh, on what criteria um, you can see if you based on what criteria your child is ready. Uh, But you can also check if you're ready as a parent because the child may be ready, but as a parent, you also have to invest some time an effort into this process and Mm -hmm. if you're not ready uh, and this is actually the biggest struggle because yeah many parents are working um so it's uh the 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 parent also has to be ready um so we help with that to determine that and then we help you determine what approach works best eh, because Mm -hmm. every child uh, develops in their own uh, way uh, follow their own path Um, so we offer an um, intensive program for three to five days or a more 
gradual approach uh, for, for 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and we then, the app advises uh, what actually works best for you and your child. Uh, and then we um, yeah, take you to, through a number of steps. So you can plan when you're going to start, what items you need in the house. Um, and then you can log successes and accidents so to track your progress. Um, and there's a community of parents uh, where parents can support each other. Uh, and we also provide expert support. So uh, when you're really struggling in the process, our experts are there to help you. So these are child psychologists, children's nurses that are specialized in potty training uh, challenges. Yeah. So uh, there's a whole scientific background to this. Um, is there are there specific things you, that uh, that you learned when going through this uh, the the science behind this? Or yeah, so so one of the things um, because you asked me earlier, okay, is is eighteen months? Is that not uh, too early to start? Yeah. Um, so the average age of potty training is currently three years in the Western world, but for fifty percent of the world population, kids are actually potty trained under twelve months. So in Africa, Asia, Russia, uh -huh. kids are all potty trained under, under 12 months. Um, and you see actually uh, in uh, many countries in Africa, Asia, the children are not wearing diapers. They're sitting on their mom's backs. Mm -hmm. And when the child starts to wiggle a little bit, the mom knows, okay, I need to take the child off my back and then hold them over the gutter. Um, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it actually shows that, yeah, you can start way earlier. It's not about the physical development. Uh, it's about the cultural convictions that we have to see what is actually considered normal for potty training. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, ba back to the app. Um, more and more uh, question that I had. You have a, a male uh, developer for this where is uh well raising children is still a bit considered a, a woman's affair mm -hmm. uh how do you how do you help him understand what he needs to think about um yeah so we really work on it together um one of the things what I see when we initially started I had an all female team yeah, because uh -huh. indeed um, it's very considered uh, like a very female topic and right now i'm really happy that i have a way more diverse team because i really believe that diverse teams actually perform better mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah they can just bring a different perspective um, and the way uh, our product development works our app work is that we have on the one hand we have the, uh, the child psychology side uh, mm -hmm. so we need to develop the content and on the other hand we have the technical side uh, and it really goes hand in hand uh, for our product development, um, and that works fine. Okay, but uh, are there specific things you had to explain to him? No, I think not really. Huh? It's a, the the technical side is um, can be managed without um, understanding the topic in depth. Mm -hmm. Uh, what we do see is that uh, about yeah, 90, 95% of our users are mothers. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually something that we are um, want to work on because why 
no, let me rephrase. We just see that this is very traditional, right? It's very, the mom is actually uh, doing the potty training. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are actually planning a campaign where we're going to focus on dads. Uh, so dads, come on, this is uh, shit you can handle. Yeah. Uh, and see for them actually to, to be more in charge of these topics. Mm hmm um because and, and that's the thing what we learned so far dads if you tell them okay you could save actually 600 euros per year they're like oh okay that's interesting yeah um so we really want to see how we can uh, address them uh because why is this a topic that mothers are working on uh, that's actually ridiculous yeah it's more tradition than anything else i think uh, it's also also to your point of, of uh, that it's in the western world that we leave uh, that we leave things uh, in the diaper for like three years it's yeah. just a matter of convenience yes it's, well, it's the way it's well for for most parents now it's the way it's always been for most parents that are a bit older perhaps not but yeah, yeah. And so, and don't estimate, uh, don't underestimate the power of the diaper industry. Huh? So, the disposable diaper was mm -hmm. actually uh, invented in the forties, mm -hmm. uh, and only around the eighties, the, um, uh, the disposable diaper became mainstream. Huh? Then, about yeah. eighty percent of the parents um, or ninety percent of the parents used them. Uh, but what you see is that there is actually a major lobby of the. Uh, disposable diaper industry, eh? and this is a multi-billion-dollar yeah, that's your Procter and Gamble industry. Um, and what you see is that in the '60s there was a very uh, renowned um, pediatrician called Dr. Brazelton, and he actually started to advocate that children should be potty trained later; that you had to wait until your child was ready. Uh, and this is actually still uh, the mainstream conviction mm -hmm. eh, that you have to wait until your child is ready. Uh, but what turned out is that this Dr. Brazelton uh, later became a spokesperson for Pemper, for Pampers. Eh? So we, he was actually the chair of the Pampers Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and he appeared in commercials for Pampers size 6. So you see it's really intertwined. And we actually have been... Uh, brainwashed? Yeah, brainwashed into actually, yeah, disposable diaper is good and it's giving you so much convenience. Uh, well, it's actually, we really are seeing uh, the downside yeah. effects now. And, and, and keeping the babies uh, dry. That's, that's to the extent I still uh, watch these uh, diaper commercials, it's mostly about that. Yes, yeah, and of course it is very convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the lobby of the disposable diaper industry is so much bigger than we realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if, uh, if science all, uh, all of a sudden then intertwines with uh, uh, or starts linking and uh, with the with the interest of the diaper industry. Yes. So, hey, let's go to the social entrepreneurship uh, part of this. Um, you're a social impact entrepreneur. Uh, your first venture, as you said, was about fruit and vegetables and, and making sure that it doesn't go to waste and that it benefits uh, poorer, uh, poorer families. Uh, what's the social impact that you create with GoPotty? Um, so it's to prevent uh, disposable diaper waste huh, because mm -hmm. it generates a huge amount of waste. 
Um, but it's not only about waste because there's also pollution here because in uh, dirty diapers there are also a lot of pathogens mm -hmm. and it depends a bit on where you are in the world but for example in the US um, all dirty diapers go into landfill and actually the pathogens trickle into the groundwater and rivers uh, so it's pollution mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's also actually some really nasty stuff that's in diapers eh? so the moment a baby is born on these really tiny sensitive bumps we put mm. on plastic eh, that contains dioxin phthalates and um, some of them are actually cartogenic but many people don't know that so uh, it's definitely also eh, it's an environmental issue but also a health issue uh, that we're trying to tackle okay and, and what is the health impact then if uh, let's if you if you put on diapers too long? Um, yeah, so one is, of course, hey, that what I just talked about with um, uh, these, these nasty chemicals in the plastic. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also more and more research that's actually showing that if you start potty training uh, after three years, uh, is that there's actually a slightly higher chance of developing health problems, such as bedwetting, constipation, uh, etc. Oh, okay. And that, that then occurs at a later stage? Uh, in life, or it just takes yeah. longer for the child to to become fully body trained without accidents. No, no, not that. Uh, but it's more headed can indeed later when they're four or five or six can actually these issues can uh, um, uh, manifest themselves. Okay. Um. But I have to say the the main focus is the uh, the, the social impact that we're making is about the environmental impact. The uh -huh. health issue is part of it, but it's mainly uh, about the environmental impact. Okay. Because hey, you, in in the Western world you have um, uh, the impact of waste, right? But it's mm -hmm. all processed nicely here. Uh, it goes into the incinerator. It goes to landfill. But what you see actually in the developing countries is that diapers disposable diapers are becoming a far bigger issue because it's actually uh, seen as a, um, a status symbol, right? That you're able to afford. For example, Procter Gamble is investing heavily um, in tackling the, Ch the Chinese market. So actually more and more people in China are using disposable diapers. Um, and in many countries in the developing world, there's no waste system, right? So no. what happens, for example, in Indonesia, people throw their diapers into the river. I can show you pictures of rivers in Indonesia, Africa, overflowing with disposable diapers. And it's a huge environmental issue there. Yeah, then then it becomes really, uh, it, it's not as much indirect pollution, but it becomes direct pollution of the Very river and the, and the water system. Yeah. But does that also, uh, uh, I mean, you said people would save up to 600 euros a year on, on diapers. I would think that downloading an app is a lot cheaper than for most families, even in the Netherlands. So it could also help, uh, uh, let's say, not uh, the, 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 the part of the of society that doesn't have it, um, that doesn't have a lot of money. To spend yeah no and yeah in the end you can save money but you also have to have time for it and that's also what we see a lot of parents parents struggling with because you have if you have young kids say you mm -hmm. and you're working uh, then they're 
probably a lot of things going on in your life. You're probably moving house and there's maybe a sibling being born. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, a lot of parents are really struggling to find the time uh, to do this. I see. Is that and, and how do you then solve that for that with the app? Does it make it more less time consuming? Because I would think it's time consuming no matter what. Yeah, so I think that's that's a hard one. Huh? We can't, of course, manage people's time. No. Uh, but what we can help with is to make them aware huh, that it can be sooner and we can take them by the hand and offer uh, a simple step program. Huh? So our program is six steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do help with is that uh, providing very concise and reliable information. Because, and I think every parent will recognize this when you go on Google and social media, the advice you get about potty training, but mm-hmm. anything related to pregnancy, breastfeeding, uh, feeding your child, there's a plethora of information out there. And what yeah. should you believe and what is going to work for your child? Uh, and that's what we are helping with. And we, we help parents. You don't need to spend all that time online. We just offer you what you need in this moment for your yeah. child. Easily accessible and reliable information. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's important. <laughs> hey, you mentioned six steps. Uh, can you explain a bit what these six steps are? Yes. Yeah. So the first step is actually to check if you and your child are ready. Yeah. The second step is to determine what uh, approach fits you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third step is to to read our e-guide, or at the moment it's an e-guide we offer in the app, but we're later going to change that. Um, uh, step four is to um, uh, do the preparation to make sure you have everything you need, like a potty, uh, but also hey, you will have lots of accidents, so make sure that you have a, a mop and a dry clothes uh, available. Um, then to plan the date, yeah, so to make sure that you actually have it in your calendar that you're going to start. Uh, Why is that important to to really plan a date for that? Well, um, because we see, and what I just talked about, a lot of parents are postponing this because Uh there's so many things going on in their life. They have a very busy life and they say, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do it soon. Yeah, next Um, week, next month. Yes. Yeah. So we help them. Okay, this is when I'm going to start. And then the app coaches you and say, hey, you're going to start next week and we're here for you. Um, And to really keep it top of mind. Uh Uh-huh. And that's uh, and then step six, I guess, is to start just start doing it. Yes, execute, go for yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and okay, that uh, sounds like a simple uh, uh, plan to to follow. Although uh, I guess in indeed uh, the whole thing with uh, planning it and uh, and then executing on it is uh, is usually the the big thing in any plan. Yeah. Uh, I suppose also in uh, for potty training. Um, so this is your second social impact company. Uh, how what was it like to to restart? Because you started one before and uh, the fruit and fruit and veggie brigade, and now you started this. And how was that? Um. Yeah, I would say a lot of fun because I really love the early part, right? Where you're coming up with an idea and you're starting to test in the market and there, mm-hmm. hey, you're, you're building from, from out of nothing. And that's the phase that I really love. Uh-huh. Um, I have to say, because my first venture was completely non-profit, uh-huh. um, 
that was much easier. I think running a for-profit business uh, is is ten times harder than. Uh, um, Why? Also than, uh, well, you really need to uh, convince people to buy your product, right? So you can have uh, offer a really good solution, but you really need to sell and to convince people to build trust. I think also we are, especially on this topic around body training, you really need to be able to build the trust with potential customers that we are the right ones to yeah. help them. Um, uh, and that's uh, yeah, a, a learning journey. Uh, so, uh, and, and marketing is a big part uh, of our company and that's not my core expertise. So I'm actually learning a lot about marketing. Um, so that makes it also, it makes it uh, a bit harder, uh, but also more fun, right? Because you're, you're learning a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot. Okay. So what, what kind of things did you learn? Uh, well, everything, and I'm still uh, learning every day, uh, but the marketing part, uh, definitely big learning for me, uh, but also the technical side. And as I said in the beginning of this podcast, I would never have thought that I could be leading uh, a tech company uh -huh. uh, because I don't have a technical background. Um, so learning about the technology, about different platforms, about code, choices we can make in terms of development and where we're going. Um that's a, a huge learning for me. And also the whole uh, financial side. Uh, and we still have to, uh, we're going to start fundraising soon. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also a completely um, yeah, new area for me. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's a whole beast, whole separate itself, beast, uh, yeah. as, as, yeah. as I know it, as I understand it from, uh, from previous interviews. And it's... Because then you have to really, yeah, that's quite a bit big learning curve. Because if you have to do, let's say, le first learn marketing, then learn uh, the the whole technical aspect, and now uh, the the whole financial, so the investment side of it, it's quite, yeah, it's quite a lot of uh, information to take in, especially if you're also uh, a mom of three children. Yeah. So yeah, do, but do I think you do I, this? Uh, how do you plan this? Um, so one is we have a really good uh, nanny at home. So mm -hmm. I have to be really honest. That's really, really helping us. Um, and, and it's just uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the kids and the family are the priority. And it's about being flexible. And I, I work often in the evening, which is not really healthy from a mm -hmm. work-life balance perspective, but that's just life, right? I have to be home for dinner at six mm -hmm. uh, and put the kids to bed. And then um, there's some time to work. After that, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so I have an arrangement with uh, one of my previous guests, Jacqueline van den Ende, to uh, make this podcast irrelevant in 10 years from now. And irrelevant in this case means that uh, diversity in tech doesn't need any attention uh, anymore because it's normal. Uh, what would be your advice to, uh, uh, to make this happen? Um. Yeah, so one thing I think huh, in terms of what you're doing in, in, in getting more attention to the topic, which mm -hmm. I think is great, uh, and especially if we can get that more to mainstream media, huh, because now it's said huh, that the tech uh, startup world um, is, is a really tight-knit community. Everybody knows each other. Huh, so how can we uh, get this topic more, uh, make it more mainstream mm -hmm. as well? Um, the other thing what I think will be really helpful is to also look more at the investor side um, because 
uh, and we need more women to actually start the companies, but then they also need money. Yeah. And we need people, investors, say on the other side, that are also actually recognizing the problems and can identify with that. So we need more women on the other side. Uh, because also, and, and I see, of course, other entrepreneur colleagues, my idea, I don't think that's something that a man would have ever come up with. No. Uh, so how can I actually... <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so how can we, and and I'm really interested to see how we'll go when we start fundraising, how can we convince the people on the other side of the table that this is actually a good idea and that we can also build a really good business case mm -hmm. uh, out of it. Also uh, on your uh, podcast to have more uh, female investors, and I know uh, a few good ones. Uh -huh. um, so uh, to to have to get them to talk about what what they can do, because it's on the one hand we need the entrepreneurs, on the other hand we need the money yeah. for those female. Yeah, you need both both sides yes. of the market. You need yeah. So thanks, and uh, uh, I'll follow up on the on the investor side. Uh, Yes. I'll, I'll absolutely uh, follow up on that. So uh, thanks for this great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, learned a lot about potty training, uh, <laughs> which is not my core competence. Uh, last question, where can people connect with you and find f where they, can they find the app? Yeah, so they can find it uh, in the App Store uh, and the Google Play Store. Mm -hmm. uh, in English, it's Go Potty. Uh, in Dutch, it's The Pot Up. Yeah. Um, uh, and on our website, gopody.io, uh, you can find out everything about our app uh, and about our company. Okay. And where can they connect with you? LinkedIn. I'm uh, quite active on uh, LinkedIn. So, Good. Uh, so we'll include those links in the show notes, of course. Uh, well, again, thanks very much for the interview. And listeners, thanks very much for listening. And uh, Hope to hear you in the next episode. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And Elian and I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned as much as I did. Uh, you can find all the links to Eliana's website, her social media profiles, and of course to the GoPotty app in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at womendisruptingtech.blog. There you can also subscribe to updates and that way you are among the first people to learn when new episodes go on air. If you want to listen to more episodes of Women Disrupting Tech, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you do, we'd love for you to leave a rating or a review because that way you help others find the podcast now, if you want to contribute to more diversity in tech, uh, please share this podcast with friends, family and co-workers because this way you give my guests the platform that they need to make this podcast irrelevant in 10 years from now. Finally, if you want to connect with me, you can do that via the website womendisruptingtech.blog or you can do that via LinkedIn. Just look up my name and you'll find me. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you in the next episode.